Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. I love to eat. Now, that's a pretty universally accepted, enjoyable activity, right? Like, But in my humble opinion, I love to eat the most. And my waistline shows it. Although, I hate the word. I must accept it. Is It's who I am. My name is H. Allen Scott, and I am... A foodie. Yes, I'm a foodie. Oh, I hate that word. You see, when I was a kid, my family's palate was kind of, well, basic. Salt and pepper was the extent of our spices, and most vegetables came from a can. So when I moved out on my own, this adventure started where I just started to discover things that had been denied to me over the years. You know, food exotic to me, like, like Indian food, or honestly, many Italian dishes even. Thai food was a revelation. Even an avocado. Like, before the age of 22, I had never ate an avocado. Can you believe that? Now, I I love them. I can't get enough of them. So now that you know this about me, you should also know something else about me. I got my start in comedy, stand-up to be specific. Comedy was a way for me to communicate my thoughts on a lot of things, including food. And as a comic, I'd always look for other comics and writers who shared my sensibilities, my outlook on life. That's how I found Phil Rosenthal, the Emmy-winning creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. It started with the show, which at first... I was reluctant to watch, which I told him on today's parting shot. I just didn't think that I would be able to relate to a family sitcom being who I am. But wow, I was wrong. I became obsessed with his writing and his point of view, and still am to this day. Then he started this travel show called Somebody Feed Phil, first on PBS and now on Netflix. And it was like my world exploded because my favorite comedy writer basically just announced that he's as obsessed with the other thing that I'm obsessed with as well, food. So you can imagine getting to chat with him today was a real thrill for me, and I think you'll be able to hear that in our chat. Phil has this frenetic energy that is just addictive. His excitement over food will make you excited about food. But beneath all of that is a man who is incredibly self-aware, honest, and really kind of humble and real. It blew me away. Something that is very rare here in Hollywood. After you listen to our chat today, I bet you'll want to watch Somebody Feed Phil. And you know what? You can, because season six of the show is out right now on Netflix. You can also pick up the book based on the show, Somebody Feed Phil, the book, which is also out now. We talked about all of these things, including Everybody Loves Raymond, a very important episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. We talked about a lot of things. You're going to love this chat. So go on, grab a snack. And I mean that literally for today's episode, because I'll be right back with Phil Rosenthal. (laughs) 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I have to say, before we even get started, how much of a fan I am of you, but also just of the show and the and the book and every, I mean it's just you got the book I got the book I got oh, this sent it to me I've devoured it oh I, my god you are the person that I go to for well just for comedy of course but also like whenever I travel I go I look at everything you've ate just so that I know what to eat well that makes me that then my work is done here <laughs> did you ever I I I said early on I I people have their go-to guys you know yeah i want to be your go-to guy for this <laughs> i can't be your go-to guy for sports or for other <laughs> things that people like this is all i got and i, I want to i want to be that guy i love that about you because i i mean i have to say i've been I, for years i've been a fan of yours and there was Thanks. once at a rap party for hot in cleveland there yeah. was all these people there, you know, everyone like Betty White, everyone was there. Oh. I went, you weren't there, but I went directly to your wife, Monica Horn. Who I immediately went to her just to say like how much I love the two of you. Oh, and how, how much of a fan I, and this was before the show was even, the wow. somebody from Bill was even on the air. Wow. Like it's, That's yeah, awesome. so it's. Thank you. Long, long time Thank fan. You. But did you ever think that you would be doing a, a show, let alone a podcast and a book about food? Like, did you ever think this would be the direction you'd go in? No, you know what's funny? I was in an airport and a guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, you're the food guy. And I go, okay, yeah, I guess. He goes, hey, listen, I'm just the guy. <laughs> and I was like, that is a great point. So whatever you're known for, embrace it. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be a food guy. I still don't think of myself as a food guy. I think of myself as a tourist who loves food. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm certainly not an expert in anything. Maybe that one sitcom I did, I think I'm an expert in that. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And and uh uh the world, you know, I would never be pretentious enough to think I'm an expert in in all this stuff. There's so many more qualified people. There are more qualified people who have food shows. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 
who are chefs who could do it. I can't do it. I wrote a cookbook. I can't cook. <laughs> There's hardly any recipes from from me in there. We put in, I think, yeah. like peanut butter and jelly sandwich as a joke. But but uh, <laughs> but I know where the chefs are. Yeah, that I know. And yeah. so the book is the collection of, I think, some of the best chefs in the world. Where are you going to get a book like this? Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, do you cook? I cook often. I'm so, a big. So cook. you tell me those recipes. Those are something, right? Yes, yes. In one in one it's, thing to have. It's that? just a resource of of. I mean, it's, yes. and it's the best things about the book. And what I think is so interesting about you and what you do is, like you're saying, you're not an expert in these things, but you you are a comedy writer, and and the foundation and my foundation's in comedy, and that's yes. why I started. And so yes. the foundation of comedy is finding things, weird things that you can relate to other people and bring people exactly. together in a in a comedic way, and. You've done that with food. You've you've sort of you've done what you did with comedy with food. It, it really is the foundation. Well, thanks. I I I knew I loved the area. I didn't know what could I say to pitch it, right? So I thought of this. This is the line. This is the one line. This actually sold the show. Mm. I said I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So now you know the sensibility behind it. Mm -hmm. That it's not going to be very serious and it's not going to be uh, it's going to be a reluctant adventurer. With yeah. Me. Now, given that we've done six seasons now, have I gotten a little bit more adventurous? Yeah. I have. You can't help it. But that's the point. Yeah. The world is the world is yours when you go a tiny bit out of your comfort zone. That's all I ask of people. Just try to expand your horizons this much and you'll see you'll want to keep expanding. Yeah, definitely. But that's where the fun is, right? Yeah. It really is. And it, it kind of it kind of you kind of remind me even just watching the show and just how you eat. I mean, you eat some things that I wouldn't necessarily be drawn to, but you're the type of friend that people I think go to, to tell you where to eat, but then also you convince us that you have to try this. You just, even if you think you wouldn't like it, you have to at least try it. That's all I ask is that you try it, yeah. right? I wrote a kid's book with my daughter mm -hmm. that, uh, we, that will be coming out, I think next year. And it's called Just Try It. Oh, wow. About a guy like me who has a reluctant daughter. Yeah. And getting her to try stuff. So I think I think it's relatable. Listen, the, you you hit it. The relatability. That's what that's what I stumbled onto in Raymond. Mm -hmm. And everything I learned about how to tell a story on TV is yeah. now in the service of this show and yeah. this book. Family, friends, food, travel, laughs. Yeah. The whole yeah. my whole existence seems to be dedicated to these five things yeah yeah and and that really that sticks out to me so <clears throat> much both in the show and in the book and everything that you know it really isn't even about the food or even the travel it's about the way in which you use those things as vessels to engage in conversations and relating with other people different types of people from all walks of life over over the world well and you it's got it you got it i mean bless you that's that's you uh, it's i can't tell you how nice it is to hear it articulated like that because all you try to do is connect 
yeah. to other people. And when somebody gets what you're trying for, that's everything. And I think it's telling that the show came out, but first on PBS and then on Netflix, of course, and then now the book, over a period of time in which people were incredibly divided. These past five, six, seven years have, have been, Terrible. you know, politically, socially, yeah. I mean, on so many levels. And food is the one common denominator. We all have to eat. And food is the one thing that can bring people together in a way that I think it breaks down barriers. And I think your show and the book and everything kind of does that in a lot of ways. It's sort of our modern day world of being like, well, we might not agree on who we voted for, but at least we can watch Phil eat that weird squid thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, uh, again, my work is done. I, that we could be the same person. This is what's in my head. Uh, it's so, uh, it's so lovely to hear. Uh, I just feel like the world would be better if we all could experience a little bit of other people's experiences, right? And I'm just using food and my stupid sense of humor to get you there. Mm -hmm. But what I learned on, again, Raymond was it doesn't matter what your message is. And we had a lot of messages in that yeah. show, but no one's going to listen to your message unless the jokes are funny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, the jokes better be funny. The food better be good. Or you're not going to get my nice message. And by the way, I had no intention of making a political anything, right? Mm, yeah. But how is it that just the embracing of other human beings? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you, a political person might say, oh, we know what side he's on. Just from that. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That is crazy. But you're right. Food is the great connector. And mm. then for me, laughs are the cement. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so, so true. Food, if we sit down together, have lunch, hopefully the food is good. We're already not killing each other. Why? Because mm -hmm. we understand and relate to eating. Yeah. We've got to do it. But if we can share a laugh over that meal, now we're friends. Yeah. Now, we've, now, we've, now, now we're like this. Now we're going to be, now we'll eat, eat. again. Exactly. You want to do it again and again. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. Well, that's something that I, about the show and the connection of, of Everybody Loves Raymond to Somebody Feed Phil that, am I right in thinking that it came from the Italian yes. vacation exactly in right. Everybody Loves Raymond? How did that come about? And what was it about that part of Everybody Loves Raymond yeah. that made you sort of fall in love with food and the exploration of food? Okay. So after season one of Raymond, I asked Ray, where, where, uh, where's he going on his vacation between season one and two? And he says, oh, I go to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I said, that's nice. You ever been to Europe? He goes, nah. I said, why not? He goes, uh, I'm not really interested in other places. I'm like, what? <laughs> Even your own place? You're from, your family's from Italy. Yeah, no, I like the shore. <laughs> I, light bulb went off. We got to do that episode. He goes, what? Got to do that episode where you go to Italy with that attitude and you come back with mine. Yeah. Someone's excited about food and travel and Italy and, you know, because when I first went in my 20s, it blew the top of my head off. Yeah. Believe it. I never had food like that. Listen, I didn't have, growing up in my parents' house, I didn't have food with any flavor. So yeah. to have garlic was a revelation. <laughs> that was me too. That was my childhood as well. Salt and pepper was the extent of the season. Oh, my father, the food would land on the table. My father would take the salt shaker and empty it on the on his plate before tasting it. Max, he didn't even taste it. I like salt. Yeah. <laughs> so Raymond's like that. He likes yeah. the Jersey Shore. He's not going to try anything else. Right? Yeah. So we could get him to that. But took three years to get him on a plane. Three years before he'd go on a plane. So, so afraid. But we go. And the arc of the character that I wrote 
where he gets woke. <laughs> yeah. Italy. Right, the scene, scene is over a slice of pizza. Suddenly he tastes it. He's had a cold until that moment. Suddenly he tastes it. Best pizza he ever had in his life. Yeah. There's two beautiful Italian girls walk by. He sees little kids in the, in the yard uh, kick him a soccer ball. He plays a little bit. He sees how gorgeous everything is. He suddenly gets it. That scene makes me cry. That mm. scene is everything I love about travel, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and the way food can, can wake up your senses a little bit, right? Well, what I, what I saw was that not only did, did it happen to the character, it happened to my friend Ray. Yeah. He got it. When we'd be done shooting for the day. Phil, did you try this gelato? It's unbelievable. I said, yes, I have. He goes, there's another one over there. With, don't we have to compare? I said, okay, Ray, here we go. And we would go from bouncing around piazzas like a ping, ping pong ball. Yeah. So much fun. So great. I dare say you do what you do because you like turning people on to stuff you like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So to see my friend, Ray, get it and change his life. I said, what if I could do that for other people? So that, from that moment, that was the year 2000. Yeah. That was inside me. Now, Raymond ended 2005. I tried making other sitcoms. I found that the business had changed greatly in the nine years that we did Raymond. The yeah. kind of sensibility wasn't even welcome anymore. Mm -hmm. I spent years and years trying, just trying to get another one. Yeah. Just any show. Not, not interested. Okay. And I was, to be fair, I wasn't interested in the stuff they were sending my way either. Yeah. It just wasn't my sensibility. So I thought, if I'm going to bang my head on the show business wall, why don't I pick this spot in the wall that I would really, really be passionate about, that I would really love? Yeah. Now, when you go into your agent's office and you say, coming from having made a sitcom that was successful, you know you what I'd like, to do? Yeah. I'd like to do a food and travel show, and I'd like to be the, the host of it. They look at you as if you pooped on their desk. <laughs> so it took me 10 years. Wow. To get it. First on PBS and then Netflix. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that is, well, first off, the Ray's experience eating that pizza, I have to say. And you it, know that scene. I know, I know everybody loves Raymond backwards and forwards. And I'm going to get to that. I have a question for you about that as well. But I, I know that scene. And I think it is so fundamental to, I think, people's, any foodies experience with traveling. I had that experience in Italy, not with pizza, but with pasta, where yeah. I was. I was in Italy for work and I was I wasn't really eating very well, going to good places. And I went to this yes. one hole in the wall place that I didn't think would be great. And the, the waitress was very rude to me because I didn't speak any Italian. And like it was just I was the lost Jew in Rome. And yeah. then she puts this like plate of pasta in front of me and it's the best pasta I've ever ate. I had I almost the same experience. Yes. And it, and it just it blows your mind. And yes. you remember that moment yes, forever. Yeah. Like it's like being hit with lightning. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And you yeah. want to you want to share it with everybody. Exactly. You want to tell everyone about that moment and have them have those moments. That's, and, that's the show. Yeah, that's the show. That really is the show. And it, I think it's just, I think one of the things that I love about the show is it kind of, like I said before, I, I, I travel and I eat the things you tell me. I was recently in Paris on vacation. I had to have the roast chicken. I had to, oh. you know, I, there, I had to go to the places you went to to eat those things. Do you ever, now that you are so known for food, probably, I think, in face value wise, more known for food than you are for even Everybody Loves Raymond. Well, how, it's a new thing, right? It's whatever's it, new, whatever's out there. Exactly. How do you ever 
get tired of people coming up to you and like strangers and talking to you about food? Is it, is it becoming a nonstop conversation for you? Never, never. It's so nice. Listen, I'm not Justin Bieber. I can go out of my house. You know, they're not tearing my clothes off the people. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I have, I I wish people, I, I actually have said this. My level of fame right now, I wish everybody had, which is once or twice a day. Somebody comes by to say they like you. Yeah, that's I don't. A- I don't get that in my house. <laughs> so it's very nice when I go outside and somebody likes me. Yeah, <laughs> I would be that person, just like I was to Monica at that hot and Cleveland thing. <laughs> I was. I'm the one person making a V line for for Monica. Yes, why know. not? That's great. It's so nice. These yeah. people who, I mean, yes, I guess if you reach a point like Justin Timberlake and you can't go outside, maybe it might embitter you a little bit if you really do lose your freedom because they're going to mob you and you literally can't walk. But, you know, Bruce Springsteen, at the height of Bruce Mm Springsteen-ness, did an interview where he said he doesn't put on a mask or go incognito. He walks down the street and people come up and say hi. Yeah. That's it. And And if you're available to people and not you know, hiding or intimidating. By the way, let's be honest. Everyone gets into show business so that they will be recognized for something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because so you true. feel like this is okay. I'm a singer. I hope people like my singing. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, the food guy. I hope people like this show, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's why we do it. That's connect, so nice. Connect. That's so, so nice. Uh, to anybody reading this or listening to it, uh, yeah. you can always say hi to me. People sometimes they get these DMs. Oh, I saw you didn't want to bother you. You can bother me. Oh no, that's see, that's the opposite. I'm of uh, uh, me and my boyfriend. My boyfriend's the one who will hide and will not confront anyone. I will be the one that will eagerly run up to you and maybe not while you're eating, but maybe when you're getting your coat and be like, I think yes, and I think maybe if you're the guy that does that, you've had maybe two times where it didn't work out. Yeah. Where they, yeah. the person, oh, uh, maybe I shouldn't meet my heroes, right? Yeah, exactly. I've, I've had that too, but that's more rare. Yeah. Most people are sweet and great of, of every kind, famous or not famous. Most people I find not only are sweet and great, here's a generality. I find that most people around the world are so much better than their governments. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, that's and I'm from I'm from a flyover state. I'm from Missouri. People crap on my state a lot. And I just say there are wonderful people there that have great food, which you should go. I don't know if you've gone to I St. Will. Louis. I'm going to, St. St. Louis. I'm going on the book tour. Oh, wonderful. We eat some toast. Did they tell you? I guess I do know the of the book tour, but book I know tour, going to St. Louis. Drops, the book tour starts when the book and the and the season six drop October 18th. That's wonderful. Well, what can people expect from where are you going in the new season and what can people did expect? Did they send you the shows? Yes, they did. I have those too. I, well, I got them from Netflix. Yes. Did you get any? Did you see any? I did. I saw the first one. Croatia. Yes. And it was what I love about the show and this new season is I feel like you're growing more and more into exploring areas that I don't think you would necessarily go to. I wasn't like, going there. I thought I was going to like, what, why are we going there? Isn't that, didn't they have war? Wasn't used to be Yugoslavia. Yeah. Why are we going there? And you see, you get there and oh, this is Italy. Yeah. Yes. Italy. And a lot of it 
it's half the price of Italy. So I, 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 I advise kids, especially you want to, you want a yeah. quick trip to, you know, not, you don't have a lot of money to spend. This seems like good. Look at, look at this place. Yeah. It's, it actually is where Eastern and Western Europe meet and you yeah. have the culture and the food. Best of both. Yeah. I can't wait to go back there. I want to take my family there. That's next. That's wonderful. I That's loved wonderful. it so much. And what, what? because of COVID, we did three American cities. Yeah. Because they were, you know, travel. We we filmed most of season five and six in the sweet spot between Delta and Omicron. <laughs> yeah. But we were all set to go to Puglia and Omicron hit. So we had to swap out uh, Austin, Texas for that. I mean, Austin's not a bad city to go to to eat. Unbelievable. I must, yeah. I must again, 10 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. How do you, how do you stay like, does, when you eat so much food and you explore so much food, do you ever, do you ever sort of like step back and be like, I, I should take a break from eating for a while. And you just want to eat turkey sandwiches for a bit. Like, is there ever a moment where you're like, no more eating out? I have reached a point in my life now where if there's a dinner of just a hot dog, I'm perfectly fine with that because <laughs> I feel so blessed that I've gotten to eat the best food in the world. Not every dinner now needs to be as special as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I'm fine with a turkey sandwich. Yeah. By yeah. The way, it's funny you say turkey sandwich because my pet peeve is food on airlines, right? Yeah. Most of it terrible. So yeah. instead of trying to give me beef stroganoff in the sky, <laughs> why not just focus on a great turkey sandwich? Yeah. A turkey sandwich that's so good and so fresh that people can't wait to go on that airline to have, have the turkey sandwich. <laughs> they have the good turkey sandwich. What if, have the wrap. what if they focused on the one thing? Yeah, it's true. And made it great. And yes, have the vegetarian or the kosher. Yeah. I understand. But yeah. what if they just their whole crazy food budget? Mm-hmm. They're not on there. To, it's not. It's not 1958 where yeah. they're coming down the carts with and carving prime rib for you. Yeah. <laughs> so save. Take the take that budget. Airline. Yeah. Airlines, are you listening? Focus, focus, focus. Make something good instead yeah. of making a lot of things terrible. Well, and also finger foods. <clears throat> I mean, yes. that's the thing. I'm a messy person. Yes. Things fall on me as I yes. eat and consume yes. things. I, yes. I need something that's I don't need the tray for. That's what it is. I, sometimes you don't want to put down the tray. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm also very old now, and so I've reached a point where... <laughs> Uh, I'll 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 spend the extra to upgrade, especially yeah. on a long flight. Because yes. I need to lie, I need to lie down. Yeah. I'm not 25 anymore. I can't sleep sitting up and coach. That's that's yeah. um, uh, I can't. But physically, you know, I'll come out a broken person. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I need to lie down. And some of the international airlines, some mm. of the food on like Singapore or mm. I forgot the other one. A lot of the Asian ones, a lot of the, the yeah. Middle Eastern ones. Holy cow! It's like, like a that's a great restaurant. I'm yeah. not talking about that. That's very exclusive and very expensive, and it's worth doing once in your life. Just to upgrade yeah. yourself, treat yourself nice on one of those flights. I, I guarantee did that. you did. I did that once on a flight to Cape Town. I upgraded yeah. myself, and I think I was flying Qatar or something. <clears throat> one of those airlines, and it was. It was a transformative experience and just sort of, you know, how the other half lives for a trip. And I was like, if you're going to, if you're going to fly for 24 hours, yes, do that. make sure you're comfortable. <laughs> you this know? is important. We, we spend on other things, right? Yeah. 
But your your comfort and and the experience of having done that, you'll mm-hmm. never forget that flight. Yeah, that's right? true. And that's what it kind of this book. This is, that was a good segue. I just did. <laughs> that's what the kind of this book does in a lot of ways. It is it is kind of like a travel food comfort book where you can read through it and get the stories from the show, but at the same time get you know, the experiences of the chefs you're talking with and the people who actually cook the food in these areas. Yes. And it's just, what do you hope people take away from this book? Because I loved it. I, 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 I'm sending this one to my mother and then I'm buying one for myself. Uh, oh, by the way, I did the audio. I did oh. a, a multimedia book. This is great. So the stories are me talking. Mm-hmm. And then you get a PDF of all the photos and the recipes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you can see it on your iPad or your computer. Yeah. So it's the best of both worlds. What I hope people take from the book is the same thing they take from the show. Put it down and go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can take this with you. You could, I guess. But I also have the website, philrosenthalworld.com, which you don't have to watch the show and write things down. Everywhere we go on the show is listed there with the contacts for each place. So Mm -hmm. you can click it and make the reservation. Yeah. I had that in London. I I knew you, you had a... A, a chocolate um, cooked uh, biscuit that you were obsessed with, but oh, I couldn't Fordham remember where. And I went to Fordham and Mason, and then I wound up spending way too much money on on treats I didn't need. But I'm glad but, I have them. But that cookie, that cookie, that cookie, it's very good. Well, I have to ask you because, like I hinted before, everybody loves Raymond. I have to admit, I I came to LA as a comedy writer, and and I Is that where you are right now. You're in LA. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, and, well. But I have to say, when I moved to Los Angeles, I had done stand-up in New York for years, and I kind of, and I didn't have a TV. That's when Everybody Loves Raymond was on, and I kind of slept on Everybody Loves Raymond because I thought it's not for me. You know, I'm this gay Jew, single. I'm not going to relate to a family <laughs> comedy. Like I'm not going to have that. And then I came to LA. I watched. I started to watch. I binged it, and I became not only obsessed with the writing of the show, but how how Jewish it felt, even though it was about an Italian family and how relatable it was. There's an episode that I quote to people so often, the episode where the son is, has to play the fairy in the, in the school play. And everyone's panic about this, the future of this child, you know, both good and bad and well, good and bad in the characters. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and at the end, Raymond's realization that the boy just wanted wings. It had nothing to do with his outlook on life, and it had nothing to do with who he is as a person, whether whoever that person they comes. They jump to, oh my God, he's going to be gay. Yeah. Oh my and God, as if that was terrible. First of all, but but the whole the image that you would have a son who's literally a fairy. They yeah. Rather the kid be a rock in the show. Yes. Have it, nothing. Have nothing. To me, that summed up. Yeah. How we talk about different types of people and, of and, and ways of life and different of things in a family sitcom more than I've ever seen in another sitcom on television. Oh, it was just you. an incredible half hour of television. We took the responsibility of being on television very seriously. There Did was you? never, oh yeah, there was never, I mean, they wanted more hip and edgy. And I, I said, well, you got the right guy. I'm Mr. Hip and Edgy. <laughs> <laughs> I, we did we did the show that we wanted to see. We did the show. We had kids. We knew kids were watching. We knew old people were watching. We said, okay, we're going to be risque sometimes, but we're going to do it artfully so that we're never going to say words mm. that would offend grandma or, you know, a parent would suddenly be say, we can't watch because the kid's in the room. 
Yeah. If you do it right, you can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Remember, you remember the sculpture. Yes. Oh, very well. Never said the word. Yeah. Okay. Yet the whole time That's you're referring to yes. her anatomy. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that episode too, it, it is so many of the characters had experiences that I think, you know, people take from that. And sure, you might not have been explicit in how you say it, but yet it's something we've all been in. It's something that we can relate to that I think it just sort of stays with people in a lot of ways. And do you, I mean, what sort of impact do you think Everybody Loves Raymond had? And, and looking back on it now, do you think we'll ever get back to a television, to an era of television where a show like Everybody Loves Raymond could be as big as it was? I hope so. Uh, I, know, I know that everything in show business, if not all of life, is cyclical, right? This is in favor now. That might come back. You know, there's very few four-camera sitcoms at all. Anyway, yeah, right? I love the form. To me, the form is this perfect in-between theater and film. I so agree. It, when it's good, it's good. People uh, kind of poo-poo the form when they don't realize it's nothing wrong with the form. It's the content. Yeah. Yeah. The great content comes. Now you have what feels like. Uh, there were times when we're taping it. You're like, this feels like a hit Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How it should feel. Like you are like my influences on the family, Mary Tyler Moore, the honeymooners. Yeah. These were these were their shows. They weren't, mm -hmm. they weren't crazy. They were set on planet Earth. You believe the situations. They were, as you said, the most important thing, relatable. Yeah. And I found the key to that. The key to relatability is being as specific as you can to your situation. You mm -hmm. think, wait a minute. If I'm very specific, how is this other person, how is a, a, a gay yeah. Jew going to relate to this? Well, it turns out that you relate to it because it's specific. Yeah. Ju and you have specifics in your life. So yeah. even if mine aren't yours, you're going to relate just because it's very specific. Yeah. That's yeah. the key. And I discovered that by accident. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, what a happy discovery that was because yeah. it just, it's, it's a, yeah, it's just a groundbreaking moment. And it, 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 it sort of, it sort of hit me like a truck in a way that I just was like, the show is so smart. And, and people here are, you know, all the comedy nerds of my friends are all yeah. lauding like 30 rock and, and which are great shows. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic. But I'm like, you gotta watch Everybody Loves Raymond. It's the smartest show on television. The, the, the surface, you know, sometimes it's hard to see beyond the, the, the first ad that was ever put in TV Guide from CBS. They had mm -hmm. Ray playing on the floor with the two tiny twins with yeah. blocks. I'm like, you, so you want it to look like Full House? Yeah. yeah, we do. I said, well, people are going to be very disappointed because <laughs> yeah. it ain't Full yeah. House. No, it's not. It's not at all. And, it, and, it, and it's sort of, you know, the reception of it, I think, is a lot like somebody feed Phil in that it's it's about connecting with people yeah. and sharing stories and family and yeah. how we connect over the things that we connect with. So I I can't thank you enough for doing this. I, I and I, I tell everyone to watch the show and now buy the book and listen to the podcast and you just you're a you're you're a big one for me so oh, thank you so I, much for doing this what a pleasure to meet you i'll see you soon i hope thank you so much have a great one are you hungry now because i definitely am let me know what you thought about today's episode you can find me at h allen scott on everything 
And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and maybe share it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, be sure to subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. It comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. It's from me. You're going to love it. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Bye.